Tonight I'm finishing up my series on the parables. I did not cover all the parables. It was not my intention. But I just feel like there, we, we miss sometimes. We get into the parables and we try to dissect them so much. We miss the main point Jesus was making. And uh, so we want to do that tonight. But I, I do want to mention a few folks for prayer. <clears throat> Uh, first of all, Joey Curry, we want to continue to pray for him. He, uh, they are limiting his visitors, so uh, he is still in trauma-intensive care, so please just be considerate of the family. I talked to them, um, and people are asking about food and things like that. The family is just not ready. They're spending 24-7 right now there at the hospital, so... Uh, when the time comes, we will let you know. Also, uh, Lynn Ricks uh, has been in the hospital the last few days and uh, is doing, doing better. Her mother-in-law, if you know Cliff, Cliff was one of the original members of this church way back in the day. In fact, his mother is in the hospital, and uh, she was the secretary back in the day. And uh, anyway, she's 94, and uh, they've asked prayer for her as well. There are others. Uh, Bonnie Stemple is recovering. Home. She's at home now from surgery, and continue to pray for her. Many others who are sick in body who need God to touch them. And uh, I, I want to mention Sammy Williams. Most of you know Gwen and Sammy Williams. Um, he, hospice has been called in for him. He's been battling brain cancer. So pray for, pray for them. And uh, there's a lot of folks in need. A lot of folks in need, but God is able. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Lord, I thank you. Thank you that we can call on your name. We can speak that name that is above every name. We pray for these that are hurting, these that are sick, these that have been through trauma, these that have been through surgeries and Lord, diagnosis and all these things. And God, I pray for, uh, we anointed a cloth this morning for Beverly. Her son is in need, Lord Jesus, and she is mailing that to his home up north for them to lay it on him as he faces difficulty. We ask you to touch and minister to him. Lord, I pray for your hand to, be upon each and every one here. For those we mentioned that are sick in body, we ask you to touch them. By your power, Lord, you're able to bring healing and deliverance. We thank you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that walked the streets in Jerusalem, that walked through Capernaum and healed the blind, raised the dead, healed the sick. You're still God today, and you're able. I pray you would increase our faith. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, tonight I want to speak on the, uh, Luke chapter 18, the prayer of the persistent widow. The prayer of the persistent widow. And I want to give a little background. In chapter 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples and others, and he's talking about what's to come. His second coming. He's teaching them. He's letting them know it's the, it's the time where 
He said there'll be two women working in, at the meal. One will be taken, the other left. And he's talking about the end times. Uh, a little bit later, he's talking about the day, in the days of Moses, so it will be in, the, in your day. In the days of Noah, it'll be in your day. In the day of Lot, it'll be the same way. And we're seeing that in our world today. And he's talking about the end, but if hopefully you know, but the, when they wrote, when Luke wrote the gospel, when these writers wrote the pages in the word we have, there were no chapters and verses. It just kept going. So we have a break from chapter 17 to chapter 18, but he talks right after these stories about this persistent widow. Look in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. So if we put it in the context of what he was talking about, he's letting them know, listen, there's going to be perilous times. There's going to be difficulties in the age to come, in, in what we're living in now, if you will. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. Continue to seek God. Continue to call on Him for what you need. And then he gives this parable. <clears throat> there was a, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And, would, would, and he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now, if we go to the parable, we know the parable is a, uh, it's not an actual story. He's, he's setting the scene. And he says there's an unjust judge. What does that look like? In this day, it was probably some official from Rome appointed to be a judge. And it's very clear, Jesus said he didn't care about God. He didn't care about man. All he cared about was himself. That's the Greg Rake's version, all right? He was unjust. Who in their right mind would put a judge in a place where they're unjust? Well, have you seen some of the courts in America today, right? Like, what are they thinking? This, it's, he says he didn't fear God. Number one, that's, that's what God tells us to do. Fear Him. It's not we're afraid of Him. We respect Him. And that's what that means. We respect that God is God. When I have a problem, when I have a difficulty, and I go to God in prayer, sometimes the answer is no. I have to respect that. If I am a good parent, sometimes my answer is no to my children. Now, grandparents, we're a little more gray area. You know how that goes. <laughs> we give in a little bit quick. Um, 
And the grandkids pick up on that very fast, don't they? And for some of you, the great-grandkids. But he did not fear God. It says, and he didn't, he, he was in it for himself. So you have a judge in a place making rulings that didn't care what was right, what was wrong. Here in, the, in this case, a widow comes to him who has been done wrong. Something's not right. In her, we don't know exactly what it is. More than likely, property was taken from her. Something that was rightfully hers was not being given to her. But the judge didn't care. Even though the, the law in Israel was you take care of the widow, you're responsible to take care of her because he was unjust, he didn't do that. He didn't want to honor what the, what the truth was. We look at that, I look at this today as we see rulings and all these things in our world today. Like, how can you judge that way? That's the world. They have no concept of right and wrong. They have no idea what, how we should live or what we should do in light of God. We see that, but they don't. It's what's in it for me. And if I were to read in a little further, it seems like whoever padded his pocket, that's the direction he would go. And we see that corruption happen in all over today. In third world countries, we see it where uh, when my first visit to Honduras, we were driving down the road and then all of a sudden, two guys step out in the middle of the road with machine guns and they check IDs. I was a little taken back and the missionary leaned over and said, don't worry, they don't have bullets in their gun. They're not allowed to carry them. But they were wanting... <laughs> If, if you didn't know, they, they, they would ask you for a bribe, basically. They would detain you and whatever, and, and sometimes they, they did that. But the missionary who had, had, was living there said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. We didn't have to show our passports, ID, anything. He talked to the gentleman, and we were waved on through. But if you didn't know any better, you were losing some money out of your pocket. That's an unjust action. And that's what this unjust judge was doing. Now let's look at the widow. The widow had, she was in a place where in this society had really no say unless someone spoke up for her. Unless the judge stepped in and helped her, she was at a loss. They could take all her things if the judge didn't uh, respect her. We know that even from the Old Testament, they were supposed to take care of the widow. They're supposed to help them. They're supposed to provide for them. And we do that in, in church today. We help. We help one another. But this widow was not. But she was persistent. You ever had that child that would not let something go? They begged and begged and begged. And you just got tired of the begging. You got tired, can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I eat something? No, I want a snack. On and on and on and on. And it depends on how tired you are, whether you give in to that or not. As a parent, we never gave in. 
And I, my, my poor children have pulled me aside and talked to me just like I pulled my parents aside and said, please quit giving them snack. <laughs> please quit giving in to them when they ask for it. But she was persistent. The judge, listen to what the judge says. Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because the, this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Then God said, hear what the unjust judge said, and will not God avenge His own elect who cry out day and night? Will not God hear us? I think one of the biggest lies of the enemy is that God doesn't hear your prayer. That God is not listening. Because we don't get an answer right away, we don't get the answer we want. The enemy's in our ears saying, God doesn't hear you. God doesn't care. God doesn't love you. You fill in the blank. The enemy is telling you that lie and trying to keep you from being persistent in your prayer. One example, Acts chapter 10, verse 3, it's about Cornelius. Cornelius was a, he was a Gentile and he was hungry for what God had. It says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius said, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Your prayers are going to be answered. He was praying. He wanted God to do something in his life. God sent a vision to Peter. Da, 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 da. If you know the story in Acts chapter 10, you can read it. But to me, that's a testimony. God heard his prayer. He says, your prayers and your alms. He was not a Jew. He was not someone that sort of had the right to pray and God answered, but God hears our prayer no matter what we are, no matter who we are. Sometimes we think we gotta, uh, we gotta bargain with God. We gotta make these deals with God. Have you ever made a deal with God? <laughs> God, if you answer this prayer, I'll do this, this, and this. God doesn't make deals. God wants surrender, okay? God wants surrender, but God hears our prayer. God wants to do what's best for us. God wants to pour His Spirit out in us. God wants to answer our prayer, but we're too busy trying to make deals with God. God, if, if, if you answer this prayer, I'll, I'll, give, I'll start giving. God, if you uh, do this for me, I'll start doing this for you. That's, that's not the heart of God. That's not a heart that's it's saying, God, you give me, I'll give to you. No, it's... Lord, I surrender. I submit to your will. Do what you will in me. God, I receive whatever you have for me, whether I like it or not. Have you ever prayed this prayer? Some of you might have. Lord, don't send me on the mission field. Okay, here's a better one. Lord, don't have me witness to my neighbor. You know how bad I hate him. Oh, I use the hate word, you know. Don't make deals with God. Just say, God, I'll be what you want me to be. Remember that old song, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. What'd you say? 
<laughs> He's misquoting Isaiah. Here I am, send somebody else. But, <laughs> but we're saying, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. They used to play it all the time and then have an altar call for everybody to be a missionary. It's, it's more, Lord, I surrender all. I give you me. Everything I am, everything I, I should be, we give it to him. He, he heard the prayers of him. God hears our prayer. God is answering our prayer. God has maybe already answered your prayer. We just may not want to hear what the answer is. And I've said this before. There's, there was a uh, place my wife and I really thought God called us to. And everything was lining up and the door just closed and shut. And I would take my dog for a walk and me and God would have a powwow. Lord, what is going on? What are you doing with me? Where am I going to be? What am I going to do? This, I really thought this is where you wanted us to be. God had greater plans. God had more for us than we could imagine. So I want to continue in that same chapter because he, God hears our prayer. He said, don't lose heart. Let me, before I leave this parable, he's talking about the end times. There's going to be perilous times we're going to face. I don't mean to be doomsday or whatever, but we're not guaranteed smooth, uh, easy road, right? We're guaranteed that God's going to keep us and watch over us. So God, I'm with you all the way. Whatever the path takes me, wherever we go, God, I want to be with you. He said, "Don't the whole message of this parable Men ought always to pray and not give up. Not give up. If you're holding on to something in prayer, don't give up till you get the answer. Don't quit. It might be 15 years later. You might have a wayward child you haven't spoken to in years. Don't give up. Continue to press in. Continue to ask God. And when things don't go the way we think they should, don't lose heart. Don't give up. The next parable, it's about a Pharisee and the tax collector. And I don't have time to read the whole thing, but it's, he spoke this parable, verse 9, who trusted in them, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself, <laughs> God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not as much as lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be, mer be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted.
I see the religious crowd of the day. God, I thank you. I'm not like them. I have, I, I have that sort of testimony being raised in church and never really being on anything, if you will, except uh, Swiss rolls. But that's a, that's a price I'm still paying today. If you don't know what those are, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> but God, I thank you. I'm not, I'm not like this heathen over here. I'm not like this murderer over here. I'm not like so-and-so. I mean, all we're doing is saying, I'm better than them. I'm better than them. I'm better than them. God, look at me. And then he says, look what all I've done. I've given my tithe. I do this. Don't I volunteer three days a week in the nursery? Okay. Don't, I, don't I help sweep the parking lot? Or, you know, fill in the blank. We try to puff ourselves up, make ourselves look better, but we're all, <laughs> you see this cross right here? There's no levels. It's one level at the bottom of that cross, and that is we are sinners. We come to Him, and then He redeems us, and we're made brand new, and nobody is better than anybody else. And this tax collector, you know, that's sort of the, the thief of the day, if you will, in the Bible. I mean, they had a bad rap. We know Matthew was a tax collector, and the, the Pharisees and those other religious leaders said, you hang around these people, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> the big answer from Jesus, yes, I do, because they need a Savior. You guys think you're better than everybody else. He's saying, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. <laughs> Don't be puffed up with pride. Call on the Lord. The, the very minute we think we've arrived, we've taken a step back. When I think I've reached the place where, oh, everything is going to be is great with me and God and I don't have to do anything. I, and I believe things are great with me and God, okay? Don't get me wrong. But I don't just sit back and do nothing because I feel that way. No, I press in deeper and deeper. I want all He has for me. And I know you do too. You want everything God has for you. And it's, we, we picture this mountain climbing. I picture a tunnel going deeper and deeper into God where we're more solid than we ever have been before. But the illustration, the parable is saying, don't be prideful in your prayer. Surrender to God. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. So be persistent in your prayer. Steadfast. Going after God with all you are. Not losing hope. Not giving up. And humble yourself. When our prayers are answered, it's not because I prayed them. It's because of my God who answered them. Amen. We get into this sometimes where we think, oh, if, if, if so-and-so would just lay hands on me and pray for me, I'll be healed. Okay. But it's not the person that's doing the healing. It's God doing the healing. Sometimes we, and I'll tell you this, God gets the glory. If He doesn't get the glory, then man's got his hand in it. You don't want to mess with it. <laughs> you let God get the glory. I just, I, I love what God is doing in our church today. And sometimes you'll see me just sit back and watch because it, it's just wonderful to see people hungry for God. 
going after God with all they are. You know, I might be over there bawling my eyes out, but I'm bawling for Jesus. Amen? God wants to continue to move in our lives, continue to touch and minister, to continue to pour a spirit out, continue to fill people, change them, uh, heal them, bring deliverance to their life, save them. He wants to do, that's His desire, that's His heart. But we need to be persistent in our prayer. We need to be continual. Not that if we compare the unjust judge with God, God's saying, listen, if an unjust judge will give in when they're persistent, how much more does a loving Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to His children? Want to answer those prayers? It's not that we have to pester God so much. We ask in faith believing and we stick to it. We stick to it. It's not that I, okay, God, I'm going to bug you till you give it to me. No. Lord, I'm going to be persistent in my prayer. Amen. And sometimes, and uh, mo- most of you might know Dr. Estridge, a professor at Southeastern, he would say sometimes God changes your want-tos. God changes the desires that we have. I have a desire to do this, and the more I pray, God says, you know what, let's, let's focus something else here. Let's, let's go a different direction. Let's, uh, let's not zero in here. Maybe you're praying, God, I want to do this. I have this call on my life. I want to do this. God's saying, okay. But let's shift your focus a little bit. Surrender to Him. Let Him lead and guide. Don't lose heart. Don't lose out. Luke 17.22 says, The disciples came to Him the days will come when, when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. He was telling His disciples, there's going to be days I'm going to be gone and you're going to wish I was back. Can you imagine being a disciple, walking with Jesus, doing all the ministry Jesus did, seeing people touched and healed, and now... Later on, and we see in Acts where persecution starts coming, they're saying, oh, boy, I wish the Master was walking with us. But He is. He is in spirit. The Spirit of God came down and filled them and empowered them. But He said, you're going you're to wish for those days. But as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Be persistent with your prayer life. <laughs>